Okay, we are in Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, we, we're, we're, we're what? We're, I guess, months in to this study and, and we're still in the first chapter. I'm, uh, for uh, Joel's sake, I'm trying to figure out how to turn day six into an Easter message so we can keep going. <laughs> he said 38 years if I took off for, for Easter and Christmas. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Um, if you didn't get a set of notes, that's what they're bringing around. You can raise your hand and, and we'll get you hooked up. Otherwise, let's pray and let's get straight to work. Amen? Amen. Today's just going to be freaky weird. I don't know what else to say. It's just going to be weird. And... Um, you just prepare yourself. <laughs> Father, we love you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Uh, God, help us to understand cows this morning and, uh, and uh, maybe get some insight into some of what's going on and, and Lord, in all of that, that we'd be, we'd be informed, but uh, also that we would be, that we'd be alert. Uh, Lord, we wanna stand against the, the, the devil, against the wiles of the devil. We want to stand firm. We want to stand fast. Uh, we want to we be steadfast in our faith. Lord, we want to resist the devil. And Lord, claim your promises that he must flee from us. And, and then Lord, at the same time, uh, be full of faith that God, you, because your word is sure and you are at work in your people, we have the victory and God, I thank you for that. Lord, would you open our understanding, help us to see your truth, and then glorify you in it, we pray all today in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter one, verse 24. Uh, this is day six, day six. And uh, guys, if you could put the PowerPoint in the back, that will really help me stay on track with where we're at. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and every creeping, everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And, and really, we're gonna mainly focus on the cows this morning. Uh, every living creature reproduces after his kind. Uh, you, don't see, you don't see jumps between species. Uh, this is more of the Bible just calling out Darwin uh, thousands of years before his birth. There is no change from one kind, one species to another in the fossil record. You cannot, you cannot see that. Now, you'll see adaptation within the species, and God did that so that, that life could thrive, but you don't see uh, what, what evolution claims. We did not start from a, a, a single-celled organism that some, somehow, you know, nobody knows how that happened either. Uh, that's actually the biggest jump, and then, you know, somehow dirt plus time equals what we are today. No, the Bible says it's not like that, and the record bears that. Look at the making of man, just, just for one point. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them, let man, have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle. There it is again. Over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Uh, so there it is. This morning, all we'll really have time for is, is a focus on, on creatures, cattle, and creepers, and really just cows, okay? Cows. Uh, there are two species that are called out, right, that are specifically named. We saw the first one last week, that was whales. Uh, all of the sea life, all of the fowl life, and only whales are mentioned by name. So whales, we saw last time, are associated with Christ's sacrifice, and that's your first blank. But cows, cattle, what are they associated with, and why are they called out by name? Well, the whale is connected to the sign of Jonas, the sign of Jonah, and we saw that in Matthew's gospel. 
The whale is connected to the sign of Jonas over what? Well, Jesus said, you know, this wicked and adulterous generation is seeking after a sign. I'll only give you one sign, and that's the sign of Jonas. And just like Jonah was buried in a tomb in the deep for three days and three nights, uh, there is a death, a burial, and a resurrection. So also, the Lord Jesus Christ was buried in a tomb. He went through the deep. He was attacked by Leviathan. There was a death, there was a burial, but there was also a resurrection. Death, the grave, Satan could not hold him, and up from the grave he arose. And uh, you and I were enjoying that triumph this morning. So he, he, was, he was sacrificed, he was buried, he was raised from the death to redeem Adam's race back from the bondage of our sin. So what about cows, what about cattle? What are they connected to? Well, okay, this is gonna be freaky. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this. I grew up on a farm raising cows and uh, I can personally, you know, cows are wonderful creatures, but they've got an evil streak, and, and we're going to see why this morning. So Lucifer, okay, let's talk about Lucifer a second. I thought we were talking about cows. Give me a minute. Lucifer was a, a, an anointed cherub, okay, and we've already seen this in our Genesis study. Lucifer was the anointed cherub that covered the throne of God, Ezekiel 28. As a matter of fact, here's what you'll want to do. Keep a finger here in Genesis chapter one and turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel. This will be in the second half, toward the beginning of the second half of your Old Testament. Ezekiel 28, verse 13. Talking to, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a rant against the king of Tyrus, but then all of a sudden we're not talking to him anymore. We're talking to the power behind the throne and this is what God says to this entity. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Well, that's not a dude. That's a supernatural dude. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy, pipe, thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Well, Tyrus was, you know, he sat on, he suckled, he sat on his mama's knee. He wasn't created, he was born. And so what we're, what, what we're seeing here is, is God, through the prophet Ezekiel, is addressing the person of Lucifer himself. You are the anointed, verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub. This is the word Messiah, right? He is not the Messiah, but he is an anointed. He is a anointed. You are the anointed, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And if you look in the book of Revelation, you will see four cherubim, four cherubs that surround the throne of God and they have a message, right? Holy, holy, holy. They, they are around the throne of God, but there used to be a fifth cherub that would cover the throne of God. And he was, his name was Lucifer. He was a light bearer. He was designed with every precious stone. He was designed as a musical instrument. He is, he is creation's first worship leader. Everybody pray for Eric Phillips. He was in, he, he, in his mind, right? All of creation is wor worshiping God, looking at him, and in his mind, Isaiah 14, he thought he should have what belonged to the Lord. I will be like the Most High. What's he doing? He's standing in the place of God as God, showing himself that he is God. And if you want a little homework, just go a little bit above in Ezekiel 28 and look at what Tyrus's problem is. Uh, look at what this king's, this king's uh, problem is. Uh, he is standing in the place of God as God, showing himself that he is God. And so you'll see the spirit of Antichrist at work in the first half, half of Ezekiel 28. So he is just of his father the devil and the lust of his father, that's what he's doing and so God just skips him and goes straight to the source. You are, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect 
in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Okay, so go back a few chapters to Ezekiel chapter 10. Here we have a description of the cherubim. We need to know what cherubim look like. This is important because you know what a cow looks like, right? Cows are cherubim? No. <laughs> no. And yet, Ezekiel 10, verse 9, when I looked, behold, the four wheels by the cherubims, one wheel by one cherub and another wheel by another cherub. So let's look at, let's look at Jehovah's ride. The appearance of the wheels was as the color of barrel stone. And as for their appearances, the cherubim, the cherubs, cherubs aren't little cute little baby angels with bows, okay? Uh, That little cupid will get, you know, people, if you Google cherubs, sometimes you'll get the little baby. No, man, come on. Uh, Some ding-dong came up with that. He He didn't know his Bible, and he thought it'd be cute, and that's what he did. So, no, check out the cherubim. As for their appearances, they four had one likeness, as if a wheel had been in the midst of a wheel. And they went, they went upon their four sides, they turned not as they went, but to the place whither they, the head looked, they followed it. And they turned not as they went. Um, you know, uh, Snyder came out with another cut of, um, um, what was it? Justice League, Justice League. yeah. Because uh, I guess the first one was so lame. Okay, so he came out with another one, and, and who's the foe in, in Justice League? Who's the ultimate foe, huh? Steppenwolf. Well, Steppenwolf works for Darkseid, three massive nerds in the congregation this morning. So, praise the Lord. Two of them are mine. <clears throat> okay, so, shouldn't have worked on that. Okay, so Darkseid, you know, whenever he's looking and he's going to kill you with his eye beams they don't, they never curve, right? They just, they just do right angles everywhere. And, and, and so that's kind of how these guys are, you get what I'm saying? These guys, what the Bible is saying, um, I've got four faces and so if I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna walk and then this face is gonna walk me this way. I mean, like I can't even act it out well. And then this face, I'm gonna walk. They, 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 they travel at right angles, okay? That's what we're seeing here. So they went upon their four sides, they turned not as they went, but to the place whither they had looked, they followed it, they turned not as they went, and their whole body and their backs and their hands and their wings and the wheels were full of eyes round about, even the wheels that they for had. And as for the wheels, it was, it was cried unto them in my hearing, O wheel. And everyone had four faces. Okay, what are the four faces? Well, here it is. What are the faces of a cherub? The first face was the face of a cherub. Well, that doesn't help a lot. The first face was the face of a cherub, and the second face was the face of a man, and the third face, then the third, the face of a lion, and the fourth, the face of an eagle. So what do we have? We've got the face of a cherub, a man, a lion, and an eagle. Okay, so uh, we got it on the board here, so we'll keep that up as reference. Look at Ezekiel chapter one. Ezekiel chapter one, verse eight. Here we go, we're getting the description of the cherubim again, and their faces and their wings, and their wings, verse nine, are joined one to another. Ezekiel one nine says, they turned not when they went. They went, every one, straight forward. And as for the likeness of their faces, so here's the description again. They four had the face, here are the four faces again face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side. They four had the face of an ox on the left side and they four also had the face of an eagle. Eagle. Thus were their faces and their wings stretched upward, two wings, every one joined one to another and two covered their bodies. So let's compare scripture with scripture, right? Scripture with scripture. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things just isn't the same. One of these things just Anybody grow up watching Sesame Street? Now it's time to play our game. It's time to play our game. Okay, so what is the face of a cherub? Can you deduce that? It's the face of an ox. A cherub face is an ox's face, so that's what goes in your notes. A cherub's face is a cow face. (laughs) Did anybody ever tell you, man, you look like a cow? Well, thank you. I didn't know I looked so angelic. I didn't know I looked so celestial. 
I felt like I was beautiful. I, it was just good to hear it. Okay, so why mention cattle? Well, we get some insight in Genesis chapter three. So go back in your Bible, Genesis chapter three, and you guys know the story. Uh, Eve is beguiled uh, by a serpent. Okay, there is, uh, there is a connection between uh, 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 celestial beings and, and, and a serpentine look. Here is a, here is a manifestation of the enemy of Satan. And we see him as a, and we'll, we'll, we'll suss all that out when we get to Genesis chapter three. And he deceives, okay, Adam wasn't deceived, Eve was deceived, she took the fruit, she ate, and this is what begins to plunge mankind into the curse of sin. And so God straightened it all out, and so he addresses the woman in verse 13. The Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all, what? Cattle, I thought this was heaven, this was Eden. And, uh, and if you're cursed above all cattle, that means the cows, there's something, what's going on with the cows? Cursed above all, ca- I mean, cows, bad, serpent, batter. Worse, not like batter to the bone, but worse. This is bad. You're, I mean, ca- cows. And then, and then, here's something that's. I mean, if you got a pet snake, there's something wrong with you. That I, I, man, I, I said it. I meant it. I mean, that just messed up. Okay, I see a snake. I, I mean, a good snake is a dead snake. I was, I was working in my garden, and I noticed I had a garter snake. And uh, it was a garden snake, and he, he was getting pretty big, and I'm like, man, you go, boy, because what is he doing? He's, he's you know, helping me with the, with the um, stuff that's going to eat the, the veggies in my garden, you know. So, I mean, we had a good working relationship. I'd go out in the morning, and I'd be like, hey, sup, snake, and he'd be like, it's good, you know, we're living good. And... Uh, and so we, you know, I mean, he's, he's on his, he worked his side of the garden, I worked mine, and, and everything's good, and, but, but it's the end of the season, the growing season, and I just want to turn everything under, and, and so I go walking through the garden, and I find him, and I'm like, bro, you don't want to be here for what's getting ready to go down, and, and so I'm going to move you if that's all right, and he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, don't worry, you'll figure this out. So I pick him up with a stick, I got a, got a couple snicks, sticks because I don't handle snakes with my hands because I'm a Christian. And so <laughs> I've got a couple sticks and I'm gonna get him up, you know, and I'm gonna carry him over to another garden spot that I have while I turn this one under because dude's taking care of business, you know, the bug quant- quantity's down in my garden. And so while I'm picking him up with my sticks, that jerk, that I have allowed, I mean, I've not charged him rent. He's lived on my property rent-free. Everything's been good. That dude tried to kill me. <laughs> he bit at me three or four times. He kept striking at me, and I'm like, well, it was nice knowing you. And I found my shovel. And then I, I turned him into, tomato, into tomatoes, right? That's what I did. Uh, he had it coming. And it was just more proof that a good snake is a is a dead snake, and that's where most of humanity is at. And I know, they're beautiful creatures and all of that, and there's wonder and awe, but man, they give me the willies. Can't trust a snake. I thought we had a relationship. Dude tried to kill me. Okay, so, snake cursed above what? Above all cattle. What is up with that? And above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, and between her, thy seed and her seed. There it is right there, that's why I hate that cat. There's enmity between us. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what's really going on there when we get to Genesis chapter three. For the sake of this morning, I want you to see, here is, here is a cherubim in the form of a serpent who is now cursed above all cattle. He's a cherub, he's a cow face that wants to, I mean, what's his offer to Eve in Genesis chapter three? Come on, Eve, you won't surely die. You're not gonna die. God's holding out on you. He knows that in the day you eat thereof, you shall be as what? God's knowing good and evil. 
Here's the invitation, Eve. You can stand in the place of God as God and show yourself that you're God. You can be just like him without submission to him. You see how the spirit of Antichrist works? The mystery of iniquity is just, this is a principle for Bible study, and you see it all over your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The mystery of iniquity is working to manifest Satan in the flesh. Uh, Lord, help us to be wise. So here in Genesis 3, he is manifest as the serpent, the devil, and he's cursed above what? All cattle. Yet, throughout human history, cattle are reverenced and worshiped by man. That's your next blank, worshiped. They're reverenced and worshiped by man. You see this very clearly in modern times in Hinduism, don't you? There is the reverence and the worship of cattle in, in the Hindu religion. Well, how did that happen? Well, let's look at a little history. Many times when you will see the god Baal, okay, depictions of the god, the, the, the Canaanite god Baal, he will show up as a bull man. He will show up as a cow face. So let me get you some Baal facts. Uh, Baal is his name. We pronounce him Baal. I don't know, I grew up hearing Baal and I think that's what I hear from most people. But it's Baal or Baal. Uh, so let's talk about Baal. Baal is the Canaanite storm god and bringer of rain. Well, rain is good for what? Crops. And so they were always, these, these pagan, these heathen nations, they were always eager for Baal's favor. He's the chief, Baal is the chief of the Canaanite pantheon, okay? Every ancient civilization has a pantheon of gods Roman, Indian, Grecian, uh, you just see the Canaan, Phoenician. So he is the chief of the Canaanite pantheon. One of his names, Hadad, okay? One of his names, Hadad, that was his WWE name. <laughs> Hadad just literally means the thunderer. I'm the, I'm thunder lips, baby. He didn't, Rocky Three. Okay, so he's the thunderer. You see that, that middle depiction of Baal, Hadad, the thunderer, the bull man. Uh, that, whoever made that depiction of Dale was having a derp day. <laughs> he doesn't look too, 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 too much like a deity. Uh, on the, on the uh, this stone, they, they found this carving of a dad. Um, Baal is on top of the bull. The bull is connected to this ancient god. It is his symbol. In the, in the Phoenician nation, he was called Baal Shaman, or Lord of the Heavens. Uh, in Hebrew, Baal's name as the storm god was he who rides on the clouds. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Yeah. Okay, so as the storm god and bringer of rain, Baal was recognized as the source for sustaining fertility of the crops, animals, and people. If we're gonna have blessed produce, blessed family, blessed flocks, blessed crops, we need Baal's favor. That was the mentality. And so his followers believed that sexual acts performed in his temple would boost Baal's sexual prowess and thus contribute to his work in increasing fertility and so they would get their orgy on. Uh, Baal, this Baal worship would show up in every ancient cu culture in the East. In the mythology of Canaan, Baal, the god of life and fertility, was locked in combat with Mot, the god of death and sterility. And so if Baal is winning, right, if they had a battle and Baal won, then the earth would have a seven-year cycle of fertility. If Baal lost to Mot, then there would be seven years of drought and famine. Does that sound familiar? Remember reading about that in Genesis 41? See, they had actually experienced this. The East had experienced seven years of great plenty, seven years of great drought, and we'll get to that in Genesis chapter 41. So uh, they would have orgies, they would, under the name Molech, they would sacrifice their children. Um, you know, the, the Bohemian Grove cult today, they've got a worship of Molech, uh, who is connected to the owl. Uh, we talked about that last week when we looked at whales and fowl, the fowl owl. And so there's, 
there's, uh, there's all this symbolism that's supposed, to promote, or that's supposed to depict a connection to a God who is gonna promote fertility, blessing. And so they would worship him. Well, who is this storm God? Now see, you grew up with Greek mythology, maybe a little bit of Roman, but you grew up with Greek mythology to throw you off who the word of God is really talking about. Uh, go ahead and bring up the next slide, guys. This, is, this, is, this almost looks familiar, doesn't it? Uh, he's holding a bolt of lightning, okay? That's what that's supposed to depict. Uh, so who does this remind us of in Greek mythology? Yeah, Zeus, and he's supposed to be the king of the gods. Well, he's a principality, he's a power on high, he is a storm god, a storm bringer. Uh, he is Hadad, this is Lucifer, and he's connected to, uh, even in Greek mythology, he is connected to the bull, sometimes depicted as a bull man. Is it because he's full of bull? Well, that's true, but that's not why. So get this down in your notes. You need to know that there is a cow face out there who wants your worship. There is a cherub that wants your worship. This word cattle can include oxen, calves, and all through history, all through scripture, cattle have been objects of pagan, demonic worship. You guys remember the story of the golden calf? Remember that? Exodus chapter 32. Moses delays to come from the, down from the mount, and so the people come to Aaron and said unto him, up, let us make gods which shall go before us. How good is your God that you're gonna make? Just doesn't sound logical, does it? Let us make gods, which shall go up before us. As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. Look at what the Bible says. After he had made it a golden calf, he made a little bull idol, a, golden, a molten calf. They said, and they said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Man, how deep is the deception? You just got done fashioning the little idol and said these, well, it's a, it's a symbol, it's a depiction, right? It's a representation. These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna go ahead and, and worship Zeus for a while, Baal, because that's who we're gonna say delivered us. We're, we're used to that. We're used to the, the, the Egyptian version of this. So we're gonna, we're gonna stick with what we know. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And so how offensive is that? Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty, delivered his people from the bondage of Egypt, the slavery of Egypt, and they worship Baal. They worship Zeus in Jehovah's stead. They're bowing down before this golden calf. Okay, so worshiping cattle, you say that is just so improper and so unsophisticated. It's very barbaric. This is what the heathen nations would do. And so how does that really work today? Well, you see it in Hinduism, but you also see it in the West. See, cattle are property, aren't they? I mean, that's what they are. They are valued for food. Cows are wonderful. They exist to make cheeseburgers and milkshakes. Glory to God. God is a genius, and he knew what he was doing when he made the cow. That cow, when you cut it up right, you process it right, that ribeye steak is perhaps the single tastiest thing that you can ever experience on this planet. That is in that thing going moo. It doesn't look like much, but when you take it apart, and you process it right, there's just nothing better than a ribeye steak. Can I get an amen? I mean, that is some good loving right there. And, and a milkshake done right. Man, glory to God. So cows were made. Uh, they're made, they're, they're valued, they're, they're wealth, right? They're valued for food. In the word of God, they're given for sacrifice. So get this down in your notes. Cows are wealth on the hoof. 
This is a way for you to accumulate wealth. Cattle have great value. God hints at that in Jonah chapter four, verse 11. Jonah, what are you squalling about? Why are you being so selfish, so self-centered? You were rich in mercy. I knew you were gonna rescue these people. You're gonna let them live and you know, kill me now. And there's all these kids there. Should I not spare Nineveh, that great city? wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left. Look at all the children and also much cattle. Uh, There's a lot of resource there in Nineveh, isn't there? So in that sense, for you and I, we need to beware as well. Here's what bull worship looks like today because it's easy even for God's people to move from God as the blesser onto our blessings. So that's what it looks like today. We get our eyes off the blesser and we worship our blessings. Check out this guy, look at what he's doing. I mean, he's just honest about it. Go ahead and bring up that next photo. (laughs) Have you ever seen anything like that? Who's he praying to? He's calling on Baal to bless his stock portfolio, isn't he? He's calling on Zeus. He's calling on the thunderer. Make me fertile, bless me. First Timothy 6, 9 says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse 17 says, to charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Remember how that cherub is described? He is covered with every valuable stone, isn't he? Every pres- he is wealth on the hoof. Do you see that? He is the display of the wealth, of the glory, of the grandeur. I mean, he is proof that God is stinking, filthy, rich. And by stinking, I mean it's the greatest smell you're ever gonna smell. I mean, he is, he is wealthy beyond compare. What Satan wants is for you to get your eyes off the blesser and onto the blessing. Why? He is the God of this world. You know, this is why the Bible tells us to not focus. We don't live our lives laying up for ourselves treasure on earth because it's not gonna last. It can be corrupted and it can be stolen, can it? So what we do is we lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven where it can't be corrupted. The moth can't tarnish it, it can't rust, it can't diminish. Uh, it accumulates, amen? Uh, You have the ability with your stewardship, your time, your resources, how God has gifted you, you have the ability to lay up treasure in heaven. Why, because that's where Jesus is. Christ is our life. Colossians chapter three says, we're not looking to receive life out of this world. No, we're looking in heaven when Christ who is our life shall, shall appear, right? He is our life, he is in heaven, and so we look up, that's what we do. Don't don't fall into the trap of uh, this temptation, this snare, by, by having your life's mission being rich. Satan would just love that. And those that God can trust with wealth, well don't you get full of yourself because you've got resources. Trust in the living God. Never forget you're a steward. See, this always comes to nothing. They that would be rich, the riches of this world will always come to nothing. So never forget that Jesus is everything. He is everything. See, here's what God's gonna do to Satan. He is described as the ultimate serpent in Job 41. Uh, His name there is Leviathan. Job 41.6 says what will become of him, just like any good black Angus steer. Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? God says, that's what I'm gonna do to you, Satan. Guys are gonna be eating ribeye in glory. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, the best banquets serve ribeye steaks. Hello, somebody. When I eat that steak, I know there's a God in heaven. Okay, so (laughs) there is a cow face that wants worship, but he's gonna end up a banquet. Man, isn't that amazing? There is a a cherub, this Leviathan, 
who is cursed above all cattle. He wants worship, this ox face. Wants your worship, but he's gonna end up your lunch. Man, that's good. I mean, this is why you'll hear old timers say, you know, when Satan reminds you of your past, you just turn right around and remind him of his, of his future, right? I know what's coming to you, Satan. I know, I know what's coming. Shall they make a banquet of him? Check out Isaiah 14. I mean, God's gonna take this sucker out just like you would any cow. Okay, let's talk in the little bit of time that we have left. Let's talk about creeping things. So don't miss, I don't want you to miss the other picture here. Creeping things, as you study your Bible, you're gonna find out they're, they're associated with demonic activity and they're also associated with hell. I'll just give you a, a couple cross-references to get you started, but check out Again, Ezekiel chapter eight. Okay, keep a, keep a finger here in Genesis one. Ezekiel eight, <sighs> something's wrong in Israel, and so God gives Ezekiel insight, and um, he takes Ezekiel, and you can just read this story in verses one through 13. He, he takes him by the lock of his, of his head, and the Bible says the spirit lifted him up between earth and heaven, and brought him in the visions of God to Jerusalem, and now he's looking into the heart of Jerusalem, into the Temple Mount. Uh, he's, he's looking in the inner gate that looketh toward the nor- north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoked to jealousy. God's complaint is, my people are cheating on me with the devil. And behold, the glory of God of Israel was there according to the vision that I saw on the plain. And then he said unto me, son of man, lift up thine eyes now in the way toward the north. So I lift up my eyes in the way to the north and behold the northward, behold northward at the gate of the altar is this image of jealousy in the entry. He said furthermore unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do, even the great abominations that the house of Israel committeth there, or committeth here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary? but turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. And he said unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in, and behold the wicked abominations that they do there. Right in the heart of the temple, this place of my glory, this place where men must worship me. Look what they do. So I went in and saw, and behold, and here's how the wickedness of man is represented. It's demonic. Behold, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. In the midst of them stood uh, Jezaniah, the son of Saphan. Every man with censer in his hand, a cloud of incense went up what are they doing? Verse 12, son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery? For they say, the Lord seeth this not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. And then it just keeps going. You'll see even greater abominations. Creeping things are used in a, as a simile, in a simile where God's rebellious people are compared to creeping things. You see that in Habakkuk 1.14 that God make us men as the fishes of the sea, and it says as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. The creeping things, they don't have a king. There's no, there's no lead. They don't herd well, right? And they're still creeping today, and here's what we need to take seriously this morning. Second Timothy 3 says that in the last days, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. And this is what ought to just shake anybody that you, you, know, you, know, you know in your heart whether or not you love the Lord. You say, well, I, I, I love the Lord. I really do. I, do you? Man, how many examples have we seen of people that said, 
for better, for worse, for richer, for poorest, in sickness and in health, till what? What are they talking about? To you and you alone, I'm pledging my love and my faithfulness. They make a covenant before God to their spouse. I love you till death parts us. Nothing can stop my love unless you don't meet my expectations and you make me mad and then I'm walking out. Do you see that? Oh, I love you, I really, really love you. No, you don't, you don't know what real love is. Do you love the Lord? Well, as long as everything's going my way, yeah. Do you get sometimes we've never stopped and actually thought, we've never actually meditated on who we really are? It's like I tell my kids all the time. You're, you're, you're deciding with your life. Are you gonna obey or are you gonna go your own way? You're deciding what kind of man or woman you're gonna be. I want you to be a mighty man. I want you to be a mighty woman of God. That's what I want. But you have to want it. And the only way to be a man or woman of God is to love God and walk with God, not according to your own understanding, your own expectations, your own circumstances, according to his word. A lot of God's people say, I love the Lord but can never take time to get in the book. I love God, but I'll never actually waste my time listening to him. Eh, you don't know what love is. You don't love God. I love God, man. I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but then, you know, God allows you to go through trial. You know, if you're gonna be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, that will necessarily include pain and suffering. God's invitation to all of his children is to enter into the fellowship of Christ's, what? Suffering. And it's through Christ's obedience and suffering, right, that we're blessed this morning. Uh, We get to enter into the fellowship of his suffering. Man, I wanna be a follower of God as long as it's meeting all my expectations. That's not a follower of God. Man, I love the word, I I love the Bible, I love God's truth. I'm, I'm gonna stick to sound doctrine unless it's not convenient, unless it, unless it encroaches, right? It infringes on my, on, on my plans, on my design, you know. How, it was like going to engineering school. I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting in this great hall with close to, it's over 300, it's approaching 400 students. So my freshman year, first class, it was some math class, and then this instructor who has a little dot at the other end of this long hall, can't even make out his face, he says, just look around, only 10% of you will be walking the stage, 10%. Nine out of 10 of you will not make it. So just look around, everybody you're sitting by won't be here with you when you graduate, or you won't be here when they graduate. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what in the world, you know? That's, sure enough, he was right. Why? Well, because engineering school is hard. You, you, there, there was one freak that I don't think he ever studied. I'm not even 100% sure he was human. Aliens walk among us. I mean, this guy was, okay, outside of him, you have to work your tail off if you're gonna get that degree, you know? I mean, you, get, you have to do that. <clears throat> well, that same principle, I think, applies. Look around, look around this room. Some of you are like, does he mean it? Yeah, I kind of like actually mean it. Look around, just everybody look around. Do you know that suffering is coming? Do you know that, I mean, potentially there's legislation they're working on right now that could result in us saying what the Bible says being a hate crime. Uh, it, it could open the doors for, uh, for us, God's people, at a minimum to just be sued right out of business as local churches. I mean, in the last days, right, evil men are gonna wax worse and worse, and what are they gonna do? Let us live a quiet and peaceable life? We need to pray for that. Let's get as much of that as we can. We need to be calling on the Lord for that, to fly under the radar as long as we can, but, but at the end of the day, if, if, if things keep going the way that they're going, the church, even in the West, will suffer persecution and there are many Demases, I, I, I'll say that, there's many Demases even in this room. And when it, when it gets hard, you will not walk with God. You'll conform to this world. Why? Because you didn't count the cost up front. You never came to the place where you said, I'm with God no matter what. 
Nobody has to like it. I am with the Lord, and what his word says is the law of my heart, and I will not turn back. Have you, have you worked through what you believe, what you know to be true, that's worth hanging your soul on, that's worth hanging the fabric of your life upon? Are you fastened to the word of God and what it teaches? Or are you just liking what's going on here and this is probably a great place to find a mate? Or this is a great place to socialize? Man, in the last days, it gets worse and worse. The Bible calls it perilous times. They have the, the verse five, there are people that have the form of godliness but they deny, the Bible says, the power thereof. I wanna call myself a Christian, it's socially acceptable, but I don't wanna live the Christian life from such turn away. Birds of a feather, they flock together. Now watch this, verse six. For of this sort are they which what? Creep. Creep into houses and leave captive silly women laden with lust. Well, somebody creeping is not a creeper. Oh, they're not? If I'm creeping, what am I? I'm a creeper. (laughs) Do you see that? They creep in the houses, and what do they do? They lead captive silly women laden with lust, led away with divers' lust, various lusts. They're ever learning. See, I've got information, I've got insight that you don't have. Follow me, let's get our freak on. It's really cool. Sex is just a, a, a wonderful hug. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't be a creep. Brothers and sisters, we gotta watch out for creepers, amen? Amen. We gotta watch out for the creepers. This is what Paul said to the elders, the the Ephesian elders, when he met with them at Miletus. He says, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you. How does a wolf enter into the flock? He's looking for that sheep that's a little, little separate. And what does he do? Does he come in howling and bran and make it? No, he, he creeps up, doesn't he? Grievous wolves come in, they enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own self shall men arise, creeping, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Brothers and sisters, let's be like the Apostle Paul. Is God at work in this place? Do you see the hand of God at work? Guess what? Wolves, they like a good lamb. And if you're not, if, if we're not warned, right, if we're not warning, we're gonna lose people that we shouldn't lose to false teachers, to creepers. The church needs a creeper alert. Oh, what is it? When uh, the, this was back in the, the 90s, I think, you know, everybody was training their kids. When you see a stranger that's trying to get you to go with them or whatever, immediately you're supposed to point your finger at him, right? And then you're supposed to yell really loud, stranger danger, you know? So when you see somebody creeping, right, you just call them creeper alert, man. Just We need a creeper alert. The church needs creeper alerts. More importantly, don't you be the one that sets the creeper alert off. (laughs) Don't be a creep. So that's the question on the floor this morning. What about your life? What's going on? Have you decided you're a disciple of Christ? And that's gonna be uncomfortable. God's gonna call you. He's gonna put you in situations. He's gonna, you know, I'm not getting what I want at this church. It's not meeting my expectations. Well, is your life meeting God's expectations? Is your life set on being a disciple of Christ? On coming, set on coming to the knowledge of the truth? Or are you under the influence of a creeping spirit? Or are you being used as a creeper? (laughs) Ephesians 4 says that every member is a part of building up the body of Christ so that we won't be tossed to and fro by every false teaching, every false doctrinal wind that's blowing so that we can be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that, I know you're here because you're in this room, but, but some of you, you just come and you just attend. 
What is your agenda? Is it to see the word made reality over your life? Or is it so that you can say to your friends and your family, I'm a good Christian, I went to church this last Sunday. Whoopty stinking do, okay? Are you in the center of God's will for your life and you're learning the word of God so that you can help others do the same or are you here with your own agenda? Well, I'm not hurting nobody. Well, not today. Not until you decide to get the bit in your mouth and, and I mean, there are wolves, man. Don't be a wolf. I'd like us to bow our heads and close our eyes and humble ourselves right now. Is there anyone that would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I think I might be under the influence of a creeper or I'm worshiping the wrong thing. My life is a, it seems like it's all falling out to what I can get out of this world for myself. And uh, Christ is my life and I need to seek those things which are above and, and I, need, I, need, I need accountability, wisdom, God's grace for that. Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that here this morning? Pastor, I need prayer. Let me see your hand. Okay, 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 yep. We'll pray, but then let's just pray for God's protection over our flock, amen? Father, uh, there's a few that, that might be under the influence of some creep, and uh, Lord, we pray for wisdom and resolution that God, they just make their own decisions that you're right and that they're gonna be with you and that they're gonna follow after who you are, your righteousness, your word, uh, for us to live as Christ. And Lord, that's a, that's a decision that we recommit to every single day of our lives. Lord, help us to put off uh, the works of the flesh. Help us to put off and mortify the old man, his will. And then Lord, we wanna walk in the spirit for us to live as Christ. And, and so Lord, help us to keep a heavenly perspective and Lord, you know there's always some creeper. There's always someone that's, that's they, they look and they sound Christian, but there's no reality there. And, and the goal is to consume and to feed upon your people and, and uh, to draw away disciples after themselves, to devour their spiritual life and, and vitality, their fruitfulness. And, and Lord, we just pray for your protection. And so God, as a church body, as a church family, we ask that you would bless us to live out what we see in Ephesians 4, that this would be a place truly where we're accountable, where every member is a minister, where, where we're all either on the path to growth or, or Lord, for our mature brothers and sisters, those that are mature, they, that they would be helping our baby brothers and sisters to walk that path of growth. Lord, help us to be a people that recognize that you're worthy, that you're worth being right with, and, and that, Lord, we would endeavor to help everyone follow after you, your King, your Lord. Help us to never forget it. Christ is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead, and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, help us to never forget that. Help us to live in light of that, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.